I think for a dancer to lose audience is almost losing a dimension of, of dancing itself. Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. This episode is brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once. Hundreds of technique drills, multiple choreographies, themed intensives, full-length courses, everything you can think about. Whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice, you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule, but your mood as well. First seven days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes. Hello everyone, sending you kisses and hugs from sunny Istanbul. So many things happened since our last episode and I'm on this very adventurous journey, hopping from one place to another, actually about to start going across Turkey. So just wanted to share with you this excitement of traveling that I know many people are missing these days. So if you want to get a little taste of it, you can also check it out at my social media, especially Instagram. I try to post daily about adventures and trying to discover Turkey, not only from touristic point of view, but of course from dancer's point of view and from musician point of view, since my husband is a drummer. Uh, so we are trying to create artistic, non-touristic experience for us. And by the way, we also started doing a new YouTube show, Artist Date, which is pretty much a talk show, so you can also listen to it pretty much like as a podcast, not necessarily watch it, but exploring more of uh, artist life, uh, current traveling experience, but from artistic creative point of view, also uh, experience of living together as two artists, uh, and of course working on our own craft, uh, art and, and business too, because if you're living from art, you do deal with business side of it. So uh, check it out. I will add links to the show notes to my Instagram if you want to follow daily stories about our adventure as well as to uh, Artist Date YouTube channel. For those who want to dig a little bit more about artists' lifestyle, and right now, since we are traveling, we talk a lot about travel experience too. But another exciting thing that happened is, of course, our today's episode and our amazing guest. I'm so, so thrilled and happy and delighted that uh, we have back amazing beautiful mercedes nieto for those who missed the previous episodes i will also add links to the show notes so go ahead and listen the previous conversation was actually a two-part conversation it was the very first season of Baladin's Life podcast, it was 2018, but it's very relatable today because Mercedes was talking about her 
experience as an artist, as a touring artist, but also saving and nourishing that artistic seed while you're also trying to live out of your art. So very inspiring and very powerful conversation, just like our today's conversation too. And for those who, by some reason, somehow may not know Mercedes, let me let me introduce her properly. She's internationally acclaimed Oriental dance artist based in Budapest, Hungary. She's world famous for her delicate, elegant, yet very passionate dance style which is innovative and unique. She has spent a decade touring around the world. Since 2009, she has been teaching and performing in more than 50 countries at around 30 different Oriental dance events worldwide per year. While constantly traveling and sharing her knowledge, passion and unique vision for ballet dancing, she kept organizing and well-known and internationally highly acclaimed Cairo Budapest Festival. Mercedes is producing also Middle Eastern music specifically for Oriental dancers since 2012. She has released five albums that gained a wide international success among dancers due to mesmerizing and very rich and powerful music there. In our today's episode, we talked uh, about many different things, but mainly focusing on the experience of going through lockdowns, uh, losing live audience, uh, and uh, trying to deal with uncertainty of these times and how it impacts uh, dance lifestyle, but also lifestyle in general. Mercedes even shared her <laughs> twist on uh, eating healthy and cooking meals out of laziness and how it impacted her body and dance. And of course, we also talked about her recent experience of hosting her famous uh, big international event online and how different and kind of similar it still was to the experience and event live. So guys, if you enjoy this episode, which I'm pretty much you will, don't forget to share a screenshot of it on your social media, tagging me and Mercedes or send a message to me or our guest, or maybe just send it to your friend who you think may enjoy listening to it or you may think need to hear it. Because our strength sometimes comes from feeling that we are all in the same storm (laughs) in the same boat and uh, we are not alone and that can really change someone's day. So on this note let's dive in. Hello dear Mercedes, welcome back to the Belly Dance Life podcast. I'm so happy to host you again at our show and to talk to you after a few years since our previous conversation. Yes, that's true. It's been, it feels like it was a lifetime ago, but definitely like another life. Hi, Anna. Yeah, that's definitely. (laughs) See you again. Nice to hear you again. And thank you so much for having me. I really love your podcast and what I think what you're doing for the community is just so awesome. And I always listen to the podcast with my colleagues and friends and it's so nice. It's just, it's just such a lovely platform. And And I'm always so excited when you contact me. So thank you so much. I'm very happy that I'm here with you again. Oh, 
I'm so happy to hear it. That's uh, that's one of the best rewards <laughs> to hear from people that it, it's uh... your work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, uh, for everyone who is just tuning in, maybe now show and don't know, uh, we already had one conversation. Actually, it was a two-part conversation with Mercedes, so uh, go back and listen to it because it was very interesting, very insightful for artists, for um, building Baladin's career, for festival organization, about touring, uh, life of a touring international artist. So I will add links in the show notes for everyone who skipped to go back because we are not going to repeat <laughs> the same, I'm pretty sure, today. And that was very insightful and interesting too. And I remember back then when we were talking and we were recording conversation, you were only planning and preparing at some point soon to take a couple months off for yourself because you were at least planning uh, because you kind of felt at that point you were sharing that you feel like you kind of need to um, I don't know center to hear yourself to find yourself just to get a little rest from this crazy tour in life international. And now since uh, um, last few years, a lot of things changed. (laughs) And um, you definitely had a break from crazy international travel in life. So um, how does it feel for you after going through, you know, like a little bit more... uh, I guess we can put less social life, at least in-person social life, and being more at home and focusing on dance, dance for yourself and on yourself, not only teaching, but actually having time to focus on something that you did not have time to focus on before things changed. <laughs> wow, actually, I... I think I've I've forgotten that we were talking about this last time that I was planning I was planning to have a but now I remember now that you mentioned it I remember I was planning to have a little time off I was really close to a a kind of um, exhaustion almost like a burnout situation I think it was a very intense period for me last time we talked um I was after like 10 or almost 12 years of, of international touring and uh, doing the thing I love, but, uh, but with, a, with an intensity that, that was, um, that was uh, a bit difficult to, to, to manage. Uh, that time I, I felt uh, really tired and I wanted to, yeah, just like recenter and, and rediscover it and um, kind of connect to things, other things that I was planning to do. And then let's say COVID kind of solved it <laughs> for me, like for most people. It's really strange, like when it all started, I think for all of us, it felt like a nightmare. It, it didn't really feel real. I think it was a kind of a, a surreal situation, which no one could predict how it is going to end, how long it will last. But everything seemed like a, like a very temporary um, shift. Uh, to to something we don't know but we were hoping that it's going to be something like like going back to our normal soon you know normal i remember we were we kept talking about it going back to normal back to normal and then very soon people started to talk about like i don't want to go back to normal i want a new normal and yeah i mean i mean i think the word normal has just 
the meaning of it has has just changed and transformed a lot lately. Um, but I remember when the COVID um, started and we uh, had the lockdown in Hungary. I in the spring I was um, I remember I was scared. I, I was scared because of um, mm, because of the unknown, I guess, the uncertainty, and especially for, for the people, for my family. I was worried for my mom. I was worried for um, my, my older family members. Um, and it was strange because uh, to me, physically, it didn't feel bad, let's say, in the beginning when I had to stay home uh, and I we, we entered the lockdown and we had to stay home. It was uh, other than the, you know, the mental shock that something is happening that you can't process because you never had it no one had it you don't know what's happening and it was definitely a um, like a universal traumatic situation but other than that honestly i felt a bit guilty in the beginning because i almost felt good about being in one place for a longer time like i almost felt good about being home you know like the sense sensation the meaning of home to me kind of vanished uh in the previous years and I felt like I'm rediscovering the, the, the sensation of, of you know, of, of what, what a home actually means when it's not just a transition station in your in your lifestyle. And and that was really that was a really nice re-encounter in, in the beginning with my with, with my home, with my um, uh, friends and family members, even if I couldn't see them, but I was in touch with them online and on the phone all the time. So even we couldn't meet, but we felt really present in each other's lives. Suddenly everyone had something in common, uh, closer friends or, or, or more distant friends. Everyone had something to share. Um, and, and, and the sensation of being in something together with a lot of people, it gave me a kind of comfort, even, even, even if in the same time I was scared, I was really scared for, for the people. So that was a bit of a, um, a, you know, a schizophrenic situation. Like, a, but but overall, I I felt like I I was I was fine with having my time to to rest and um, like re uh, direct some things in my life. And I thought it was. Um, it was a good space that opened up for me to just, you know, to just arrive to my life again, finally. You know, I felt like there was there were like two timelines of my life before. Like one is the actual timeline that's happening in life, you know, the years passing by and the age. and But then above that, there is another timeline which was created by my travels. So it was a constantly changing, fast, adrenaline-driven, excited exciting but also very exhausting uh, timeline which was just like speedier so I didn't feel that almost 10 years passed like I, I had no idea I didn't have this sensation of time so it was really strange when I arrived in this quarantine situation the first one last year I I think I shared a lot of common fear and trauma and and that sensation of grief that I think the whole society was going through because we lost a lot of things, not just, you know, people lost loved ones, which was the most terrible one, but also you lost time, you lost opportunities, everyone lost something, um, but we shared it. So somehow it gave me a bit of a strength. So 
I think I managed to shift really quickly to the online um, teaching platforms, which I never did before. And I, I was actually quite uh, scared of that. Like I was, I never really wanted to do this. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was the time I wanted or I was just not ready or I didn't think I could or I was able to. I was never really into it. So I was a bit worried, but then it, 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 it happened really quickly. And, and mostly because my students, the regular ones or the new ones, everyone was so patient. I think everyone understood that it's a new situation for the most of us um, dance teachers. I mean, bring everything you have online. For someone who never done it before, it was a challenge. And, um, and I, I, I will never forget uh, the support I got from my students. You know, like um, when you start to teach from your little corner of your apartment with that you know messy setup and then the little mirror you find and everything just starts from there but but you're there for each other you're present you show up and they show up and and uh, I think that that encouraged me a lot that that I saw the response from my students that they 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 would love to do it they appreciate it I I that that just inspired me so much so I slowly just I was trying to build up um, um, a better um, better you know circumstances for my online classes and uh, found some ways to record classes and videos for 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 online um, teaching for my workshop finally which didn't really work before so so these kind of little projects kept me kept me busy in the first wave um, but and when summer came and in Hungary we that was the first time last summer when the bands were lifted and everyone could like you know we kind of felt that doors are open you can go back to let's say normal or something normal it was so uh, i remember it was so um ecstatic like okay like just let's just leave because you know i think everyone had like this first i had a little anxiety going back to to just you know be with people but uh, but then I, I I started to enjoy it really um, a lot like um, I just I just realized how much I missed it on those months when I when I when I thought that it's good that it happened and I'm at home and it's great but then suddenly when I could go out again I was like oh my god this is life give it like this is kind of like my real life you know but of course everything I say it's in hindsight because we had um we had a second wave that had a very different uh, learning opportunities and different um, uh, challenges to offer. But um, but honestly, the first um, first lockdown after after that, I felt um, I felt I'm ready to to go back. I'm ready to go back on track, but not as before. Um, so it did give me a lot of. Um, re I, I know it sounds weird, but still, that's what I, I feel like. It gave me a lot of learning opportunities and a lot of, um, like, a kind of a re recharging, redirecting. Like, a lot of things happen. I felt like I have different perspective. I have different um, goals, a little bit different um, 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 dreams, let's say. Uh, but I'm but I'm ready to start again. Something that was similar before not exactly the same like much less like less traveling but a certain amount of, of, of traveling I could I could start back again and uh, I start to go back again and I miss it um, and then when the second lockdown started just a few months later I was 
that's when 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 the I think the the rock bottom started for me, and I think for 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 other artists as well because because then it was not anymore something that that you know it's gonna pass and everyone just because you you couldn't imagine it's gonna last for so long. So I think everyone thought like okay now it's the summer it's getting easier so that's it we've done, and then in October in Hungary it started to be much worse. And we got into a crazy lockdown for more than six months. And um, I think I've been through some of the the hardest and deepest uh, moments of my life, uh, including, like, yeah, all my life. I think uh, because that was so long and so so uncertain and depressive. And, 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 you know, here in the same time, we had the winter, it was, you know, dark and you have a curfew and there was no vaccination on the corner yet. And then it was just, it, it just felt a little hopeless. And then I still, I was still, I think I was still holding on to this online teaching thing that the possibility to connect with people and students online, which kind of saved my life. I think uh, that those interactions uh, that we could still circulate the, the the inspiration, the joy, the the feeling of togetherness somehow. Those connections really uh, really kept me kept me on the on the above the water somehow. But I had my hardest moments of my life. I a uh, lot of things that I repressed regressed before or or that I didn't let um, come to the surface for long you know when you have this hidden even uh, even a grief that's not completed even your fears that are not completely faced with your deepest insecurities traumas like everything's coming up because that's what this period did or i guess i don't know at least to me um but i was um i was working on it i was i was really um intentionally working on 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 processing those feelings and uh it was super super hard and um yeah but in the same time i also always tried to you know um zoom out a little bit and 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 trying to think about the, the big perspective but i think just in with the second wave i think it was different because we really couldn't predict so and also, um, most of it I was doing alone, and you know, with the winter in the lockdown, and, and you know, all this like it's yeah, that's that's challenging. But in the same time, and I know it's a kind of cliche by now because I've, I mean, I've heard, like, of course, everyone was trying to hold on to the the relationships in their lives, even if it's online, friends, family. Um, but 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 I I do believe that some of my uh, friendships became stronger um I, I as some like most of the relationships in my life um you know just 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 uh, have been put in a different light so it's, it's a really interesting introspective period also um and and with a lot of values that get highlighted and then in the, in one day you feel you're so lucky and grateful and you love your life and then the next day you feel like nothing makes sense and you just you just you just don't want to talk to anyone anymore in the life and you just want to disappear and um it was kind of up and down quite quickly um 
or randomly but yeah but i i i think um now we are uh going out of of that i mean in hungary now uh, we have all the most like almost all the bands are lifted we, we don't even from yesterday we don't even have to wear masks and and it's summer um and we kind of you know have this uh have this feeling of um of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and we are very careful and and, and cautious about saying it's over because we don't really know what's going to happen in the autumn. But um, but again, the, the summer has this um, ecstatic, uh, euphoric feeling of, of, of freedom, of, of opportunities. Uh, so, so you enjoy the day um, and enjoy reconnecting with people. In the same time, uh, as a dancer, the, the works haven't really uh, started yet, the foreign. Uh, travelings, the festivals, events, workshops. Uh, I understand it's understandable because every organizer is um, a bit cautious and um, it's hard to predict. So we don't. I don't really have e- much events planned. Um, only two for this year, which is like, you know, it's like still so so strange uh, to me um, when I think about it. But um, but I will be grateful even if one of them happens, or you know, I'm just. Uh, I think I don't really have an expectation about anything now for the future. If if it's going to start again, how it's going to start again, I kind of, I'm learning to embrace the, the, the uncertainty because at the end of the day, like, I mean, it's the, one of the biggest lessons we have to, had to learn that everything is uncertain and um, like, um, like, you know, embrace it, meaning not, being so scared all the time and just being grateful for what is given. Um, it definitely have put my dancing career in a different light for me or um, it helped me to reconnect with my dance, honestly. I think uh, I think these online classes in my little orange corner of my <laughs> apartment, which I'm speaking with you from now also, these little... Um, nights of, of my trainings, the NIF trainings, the workshops. Um, I just, I had, I had so much fun. I enjoyed it so much. I discovered so many new things about dance, about myself, about my body. I, I don't know what happened, but it, that, but that was a weird situation of having people with you because they were there online, kind of interacting a little bit. But in the same time, you also have have more focus on yourself because at the like physically you're alone so you have this togetherness but also this the focus on your uh dance and i discovered a lot of lot of things about my dance and i i think it opened a lot of new ways and i was not i i never said and i think i wouldn't say still wouldn't say that um that i'm you know grateful for this whole thing because i'm not grateful for anything that took other people's lives uh, but I am I am really grateful for the community we have and the resilience that we we could discover in ourselves as artists because I think that was amazing how the whole community started to to get together and everyone was offering classes and pop up things and uh, and 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 online content and everyone was trying to get out of their comfort zone and trying to make you know little videos like we are here I'm here we are together. I think that was amazing. That gave me a lot of um, um, 
you know what, like a sense of comfort that I am in a good place. I am with a good place with good people. And then that's just, that's what I want. And, uh, and I was, I was, I was happy with the little discoveries in my, in my own space. I was happy with my online students. Um, and I think, I think that was definitely not a wasted time. And, um, and, um, and I, I'm a little confused about, you know, um, what's next. I think, I think there are a lot of questions in everyone's mind at the moment, what's next and then, and, and, but I definitely don't want to force the old patterns coming back. Not even my personal, about my personal life or not about my, my dance career. I don't really think I would do the same or I would want to do the same. I'm very excited what's going to come and how, how we are going to, to manage it as a community or me as a, as a, as a, as an instructor artist what's going to be with my event. A lot of things are really fluid. And I think I'm working on accepting that and embracing that and, and still feeling really grateful for, for, um, for the community and for, for my ability to dance. Because these two things saved me, I think, uh, from a kind of breakdown, I think. So... I was uh, actually uh, just about to ask you, and you already start like think, like touching this topic. But uh, I kind of feel that this experience is very common for many people, uh, for many artists too, uh, going very deep into dark spots of what I was suppressed before because of a very fast tempo of life, and many people remember things many people discover things uh, many people face different things because these lockdowns and the whole situation not only brought all the sadness because of the actual situation and what was happening around and all the risk and uh, scarcity but it also forced us to face ourselves and to be alone with ourselves regardless if you're living alone or with some other people in the house but still like all the situation because it was for so long time it forced people to it left them on their own facing themselves as well as for many dancers this situation left dancers alone with dance which by which i mean that Many dancers during this, uh, like, over a year already of all this crazy situation, uh, many dancers hit depression and many dancers lost enthusiasm and uh, uh, motivation even, or like, what for? Because before it was like festival, competition, workshop, show here, show there, and then suddenly everything was gone and then you are left alone with a dance. And then it's rediscovery of connection between dancer and dance. So how about you? How about Mercedes as a dancer? Not Mercedes as an instructor, like switching to online, but what was your maybe rediscovery or maybe just reinforcing already existing relationships with dance? Just for you yourself, how was that experience? Well, that's a really interesting question. I just remember I read it somewhere 
that this period was like being in a giant uh, storm together, um, everyone in their separate boat, but in the same storm. And I was thinking about it a lot uh, because it kind of gave me a comfort that that even I, I feel alone or, or lonely in my boat, it's it's the same storm and everybody is, everyone is struggling with the same um, elements and it's kind of like, even we are alone, we are together. And I think that was the main difference between the first wave and the second wave, or let's say the first lockdown and the second lockdown for, for us, because in Hungary it was very separable, the two. The short one last year, three months, and the second one this year, six months. And the main difference was, I think, that in the first one, everyone felt we are in the same 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 thing together, in the same storm. But the second one, I think, kind of left artists a little uh, isolated because... Uh, governments and societies were trying to get back on track with the, you know, as they said, essential businesses, like everything that's essential for everyday life, that was kind of supported. It was getting back on track, even if it was a home office uh, version and like other um, ways. But it was kind of solved that people, uh, most of the people, could could go on with their jobs even in the lockdown, except uh, people in entertainment, arts. And um, um, you know, um, hotels, restaurants, I guess, uh, relations. So I kind of felt even more isolated in the second second wave because I felt like there was not anymore the same size of storm or stay, even if it is the but. But I felt like it was affecting uh, some of us um, a little more, um, like intensely or essentially. Uh, because as I, as you said, um, even if you are alone or you're not alone, a situation like that, it's 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 bringing something out because it turns the normality upside down. So it it is a collective trauma, but it is also an individual trauma. And I think there was a big difference between people, as that was my experience, just as I saw um, that people who 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 were trying to process it with a switched on behavior, like reflecting on what's happening, accepting. Uh, the darkness of it, and 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 kind of um, uh, the other. Let's say I I felt I it's of of course it's just a personal observation, so maybe it's not that uh, black and white. But but I saw also people who were trying to just go through it a little more with closed eyes, like let's just get through it, let's just try to keep um, holding on to the to the thing we know, and it's gonna be over soon. And um, and I feel uh, maybe that helped people to to keep them stronger and 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 more balanced. But I also feel like this attitude um, makes you lose a lot of opportunities of of that reflection and uh, self reflection. And and I think, as you said, yeah, there there was this this little dark dark room in everyone's life, like whether you you don't want to know about it or you are you dare to 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 step into it or you have to because you are thrown into it by the circumstances but it's there um and and i think the difference between people is if they left it unnoticed or they they noticed it and they went through it this this dark spot you know and um i i feel that i was i was trying to stay really switched on um about um, using it as an opportunity for 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 deepening a bit of um self knowledge reflections but that always leads through really dark faces and um as a dancer you lose your audience i think that's like the first 
thing you notice um, and then it will always, yeah, it's a different audience when we talk about the online online uh, space. And I think for a dancer to lose audience, it's a kind of, um, it's like, it's almost, almost losing a dimension of, of dancing itself, because of course we are dancing for, for ourselves first, for our well-being. That's why we started and then we fall in love. And then, but then, then you, you create this, um, this private, I don't know how, I always looked at it like a private, like it kind of felt like a comfort zone on the stage. Like I, I know that I was never, even in my scariest performing situations or when I was really nervous or I always felt like there are things that I can only express on stage, that I can only say. There is a part of my personality that can only exist when I'm on stage. And I feel that is something that is really authentic to me, but I just can't really reach it in any other circumstances. And I was, I was really, so when I, in the beginning, I didn't miss stage at all, to be honest, the first few months, I was like, I, I realized that I, I'm like, um, I missed people and I missed places. I missed the, the classes, but I didn't really miss performing. I was like, you know, just what I realized later is that I miss that part of myself, the feeling that I can only, that I can only reach in myself, within myself when I'm on the stage. And I'm not a very extroverted person. I mean, that's why I, it was also hard for me to start the online thing. I was, all, I, I'm not always, you know, online and I, I, I struggle to, 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 to create an Instagram story with my face on like most of that. It's, I, I don't really, um, so I don't really need audience in the traditional sense, like all the time, you, you know, you know what I mean, but still losing their, their presence in my life, losing that energy, uh, just, just made me realize that there is a part of me that I can't access anymore. And um, so that was the, a strange realization uh, about Mercedes as a dancer, that, um, that there is a part of, of, of that person that only, and, and not only exists on stage, but that's only approachable on stage. I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, but I, um, I missed it, but slowly with the, you know what's the, the first the first time last year, I mean after the whole lockdown started, I didn't have any live performances. I just danced for cameras and then and then sometimes even when I danced for a camera, I could could imagine the the, the the presence of people. So I was like, sometimes I had these drops of that feeling. But but the first live uh, performance was in my in my summer camp. And you know that's a tiny intimate circumstances like I mean it's a tiny intimate group of people who you are dancing for in a in a, in a, in, a, in a countryside in a not really stage just like a restaurant but I felt it was the stage of my life Yana and I stepped out there and I just sensed that like you know that I I don't know what happened it just you know cold I just made those eye contacts and I saw the people 
I, I like and I love around me and um, and that they are gifting me with their attention and and open-mindedness and I mean how precious is that how amazing is that how did I deserve that why why do they do that <laughs> you know it it was just such an overwhelming amazing moment just to, to to step and dance in front of them and I'm talking about like maximum 20 people or 30 and you know before how the stages we'd be used to and but you kind of think like like it's just you take it for granted you go out there they watch they clap next and even if 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 the audience loves you and 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 and, and most of the times we belly dancers we dance for for our own audience the people who already love what we do so they are always encouraging and always enthusiastic and it's always a good experience right so it's always it's we are really lucky with our audience but but still um i think we just started to think in cliches a kind of about as a performer and as an audience also and 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 i think i started to feel like what those people were looking for in my summer camp when i stepped out to dance uh, and and the other um, campers that my students they were also dancing and i think and i felt the same as an audience like i'm expecting something different than before and and i'm not talking about the regular expectation i'm just like i'm i'm receptive of something different than before and and when i stepped out to dance i was i wanted to 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 give something different than before so i felt like this whole this whole uh, um um you know the trans transmission or uh, like this whole process has changed so much and it was so intense and i felt so alive and um and um and then i realized that 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 can happen in 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 other um settings also like i started to from the autumn i restarted my my online classes and I discovered some of those moments during the classes when I was just so into it and I was and I felt like my little room was like the, the, the biggest workshop stage of my life. Like I, I was I, I just so wanted to give something from so much deeper than ever. I, I don't know uh, how to put it uh, correctly, but um, to me, definitely I can't I can't really separate the performing dancer and the teaching. Um, the teacher in this sense because from 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 September basically I didn't have any performances <laughs> until this Friday um, when we had our uh, closing show with my students that's not really show just like a little party um, but so so I did not really have performances but that um, the strange thing was that what I experienced on that little summer camp performance and that I was missing and I was looking for for so long before when I went through this burnout period but I didn't know that I'm going through that and I didn't know that this is one of the elements that I I lost the 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 uniqueness of that connection that you can feel as a, as an artist on stage when you really when you're really present and when you just keep going on and on and everyone is just keep going on and on and that's just it's so hard to be in the present and um, and so the next time I found it, it was actually when uh, I maybe you've seen it. I've I have put a silly video uh, in December on on Instagram just for a minute. I was dancing in a pajamas, but it happened because 
because I was just, that was the time when finally after a year and a half of delay, my new album got finished and the, I got the last song from the composer and and he always sends me uh, the results like kind of late. And then I, I think it was 2 or 3 a.m. when I got the song. I was in my bed already, but so I started to play. Just I was curious how it end, and, and ended up. And it was so beautiful. And I just jumped out of the bed. I started to dance just like that in my pajamas. And I, I just recorded it because I felt like that moment, um, that moment was hope for me, you know, Yana. And I think that that that's something that was, that is a very different element in my dancing now that I I didn't feel before because I don't think I could define it. And I think I, I still wouldn't be able to define it with words what I mean when I say hope. But you know, in the middle of the darkest times that you just got that music, you feel that's just life and that's something you know and you want and you love and it's there it's like your home and um and then I started to dance to it and I felt I found that hope such an intense emotion and I never really understood um and it was so inspiring that moment that music gave me that and that's the same what my students gave me in the summer camp and that's what I just felt this Friday in the little restaurant where I danced for my Hungarian students and that was the hope of 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 being able to to be together again and be able to survive be able to be better um the kind of the gratitude but but I think hope is the, the best word and I think that was that that's the element that I I, I feel definitely is added to my dance and and sometimes I feel I just want to keep dancing in like, you know, normal circumstances, like on the street, in the city. I did some of those to some, I did some videos in the spring, just dancing in the city here and there. And I really enjoyed it because it was, you know, it was just, uh, also the hope is something that like, um, that you will always have your home within your own body and that consists of a lot of consists of a lot of things it's not just your body it's also of course it's the whole your experiences your past your community but but it's always there and the word can be upside down but when you move that's something you know and you remember and and that means so much and it's, every movement includes a lot of people on your way like you know just so i know it's 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 a bit abstract but I'm, I'm sure other artists felt that I just uh, I just think this is the main thing that I could um, I could the way I could describe it that was very powerful like the reminder that you always will have your home inside your body and it also feels for me like just observing your activities uh, through this uh, last few years before too, but I'm talking about recent time, uh, times that during this time you kind of also, I would say, found different, like reconnected with your actual body and found different, I don't know, approach, relationship. You had quite a transformation during this last few years. <laughs> Um, so can you share a little bit about that experience? Sure. That was, uh, 
that was a surprise for me to actually how my my body started to react to actually being in the same place for a longer time because I think the main element of of what what have happened to my body is uh, is that I um, I was not grabbing it with myself here and there all the time and I was not forcing it to to you know um, to have a, um, a random uh, daily routines and um, random food and so what I, what you do when you're traveling even if you try to really care of take care of your routine and you try to move and work out and try to eat healthy and stuff but you still have to do a lot of um, time zone changes different kind of uh, food different ambient different schedules um so you cannot really you, you give very little chance to to the body to be to be heard so you don't really listen to what your body wants because you tell your body what it has to do and um i was working out already like a, a, a like three years before or three and a half before lockdown started so uh but um so i was i was and i was trying to do it even when i was on the road and I was trying to eat healthy. Other than I love chocolate and I always eat a lot of chocolate. <laughs> As my students, students know that. And then unfortunately, my most of my sponsors know that too. I love sweets, um, but I don't, I never regret it. I'm like, I, I tried all the chocolate in the world and I think I'm very happy with that fact. But other than that... Uh, I, I know how many jealous listeners are now like, I want to all chocolates from the, all, the, all over the world to try that's a oh challenge accepted <laughs> actually when i was in kiev the last time with julia she had to take me to a supermarket after the event put her like she was taking me to the airport already but we went to the supermarket before because i had to get those sweets i really love those ukrainian sweets the um, sirok 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 Yes, that one. And I know it's uh, it's in Ukraine and Russia and the Baltic countries, right? Also, the the, the, the sweet with the cottage cheese inside. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I'm crazy about that. So we went to the supermarket and say, I think we shopped like two kilos of that. I don't know. I'm like... <laughs> Did you try chocolate once? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that was like, Yulia was so sweet. She's like... Uh, what what do you want to take from? I'm just that's the only thing I want. Please take me to the supermarket. I mean, I yeah, but but other than the sweets, I love. Um, I was really careful, but I mean, I mean, not not you know, just uh, just trying to take care of my body even on the road, but it's just impossible. You can't really hear what your body wants because there is so much other noise. Like and and uh, the 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 travel, the schedule, the the work, the different countries, the flying, and the other thing, and maybe I, I, some of, some like most of my friends know it about me, but I think maybe we talked about it briefly last time. Anyway, so I have a fear of flying, which is really terrible, and it's really, um, so it's causing me a lot of stress. So when I travel, it means if it's a flight, uh, I have few days before and after in a constant stress, uh, and my body. Uh, probably uh you know doesn't it can't can't I, it just couldn't handle it any, anymore like i and i started to lose um i started to lose track over my own uh, body i felt like how however I, I i train or i eat healthy i was just not feeling fit enough i didn't feel very comfortable in my in my body unless when i was dancing when i was dancing i always felt it was just you know it was just i was always comfortable 
but but I felt like it's not I'm not in the best state or fittest. Yeah, just just wanted to um, um, be better about it, but I couldn't. And when the COVID started, when the lockdown started, actually, um, the first reaction, the first first thing I saw was that my body reacted to to the to the to the to, the, to having a routine so well. Like before, I didn't have that. What I started to have in the in the lockdown, so I was I had a kind of almost regular routine with the morning, you know, the wake ups, the training, the normal healthy food, and then a proper amount of sleep, um, a good amount of uh, other exercises, like whatever I could, whenever I could, I went running or I went uh, riding my bicycle. Um, but the most important was, I think, the, the the routine that I gained and the proper amount of the, the 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 necessary amount of rest that I gave my body finally, and that's how I started to see it started to change. Um, and I, it's not, it wasn't only about losing weight; it was more about uh, feeling so much uh, healthier and fitter in in my body. So it gave me a lot of um, it gave me a lot of um, like you know, motivation to, to take care of it even more. So I started to, to, to run regularly and, um, started to take care of my trainings a little more, um, like seriously, like I couldn't, like I was, I was doing, um, minimum six, uh, different, uh, physical activities a week, like four times training and then one yoga and once like a long bicycle ride. And then in the, in the winter time, I added the runnings in the morning, so I really loved it. I loved I loved feeling my body stronger. I loved feeling that my body is finally getting enough attention, and I'm not just taking from it, but I'm also giving back something. Um, so of course, the the amount of, of of exercises helped me, and that I was cooking for myself. And I was I'm a very lazy cook, so I was trying to cook very easy things. And the easiest thing is just a bunch of vegetables, and then it's gonna be great. Like you just just throw the vegetables and then put what like I was I so I was I was also eating healthy out of laziness of course but um that um it kind of probably helped but um but I think the main thing was just to stay at at just to stay at home and giving my body the attention it didn't get for so long so that's what helped me the most probably I also would like to dig a little bit more because what you said right now may be very contrasting to what people uh, kind of not think they may agree but not their behavior because you mentioned like oh you ate healthy because of la- out of laziness <laughs> but usually out of laziness, people go and, I don't know, either buy um, half-processed food to reheat or get pasta, like, you know, like, usually out of laziness recipes, they are way not healthiest ones. <laughs> um, so maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, this is just a random thought right now, but maybe you can share like one or two your favorite uh, recipes out of laziness <laughs> that you came up during now this time. <laughs> Actually, yes, you're right, uh, because, yeah, there is another kind of laziness when you just want to get something quick and then you buy something uh, like half-processed or fast food. But, you know, during the lockdown, the places were not open, so you can't... I mean, I don't eat uh, those either, I mean, and anyway, but, but even if someone likes to eat them, it was not so easy, I guess, like fast food or chains were not open. I mean, uh, yeah, in the supermarket, you can still get um, half-processed, unhealthy fast food I guess but um but I think um for me was um I was just I was just um 
really happy with the little changes I started to see in my body after even just like a few weeks of staying home and, and sleeping enough and, and training enough, you know, just so I didn't really feel like I want to ruin it with, uh, um, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't like that kind of food very much either. So I'm kind of lucky in that sense. Uh, but I, I was, I was consciously focusing on, on the, 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 the vegetable fruit stuff. Yeah, but, but still, like, as a chocolate lover, <laughs> okay, maybe not uh, half-processed food for you, but you had other temptations. <laughs> yes, I had temptations, but uh, I was kind of, um, you know, I didn't say no to the stuff I liked. So if I saw something that I, I'm, I'm just... Okay, so I'm an opportunistic chocolate lover. I don't really buy it for myself. So if I if I get it from somewhere, I'm super happy and I'm eating it all. If I'm uh, if but it's it's very rarely happening that I'm going somewhere and intentionally buying it. It's if I I bought sometimes, but I just like I kind of I didn't say no to myself, but I kind of tried to take care of you know to not go crazy. Like uh, I, I I think I was. Um, the lucky thing with the, the first wave of the quarantine here was that we just start the, the the spring just started, so the nice weather just started. So it was a nice, sunny, and kind of warm. We had a really warm spring last year, and then in the heat, you don't really need that kind of heavy food anyway. And and at least me in the summer, I just need light stuff. And and especially when you when you're in the heat, you, you move a lot. So um, I did. I still did have some chocolate, but like. The, you know, it was a kind of, I also had to realize that it's a kind of a compensation kind of, you know, the comfort eating kind of addiction. So it's not like a real addiction, but I think um, probably it, it, it symbolized like the sense of home for me before because I just liked it. It's something I really loved from, I don't know, from before. And then, in, and then when I was home all the time, I think some of those comfort uh, patterns just just went away. I, I wasn't really craving it. When I did, I had it. But most of the time I was focused on vegetables and fruits. And um, I really loved uh, to just, um, oh, I loved making smoothies in like early afternoon. Because like, I, I, I started to skip breakfast sometimes. Just, I was trying the intermittent fasting uh, idea because, um, because I realized that I don't really need uh, my body is just my body doesn't really need uh, a big breakfast. I I was just happy with the coffee and then started my 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 exercise right away. So that was one thing I think next to my um, lifestyle change. I mean the more sleep, less travel. I mean zero travel, <laughs> more sleep. Um, it was it was that I was focusing on the intermittent fasting a little more seriously. So. Um, my morning routine was uh, off. I just had my first meal after my exercise, and that was usually a nice uh, fresh fruit smoothie with only uh, fresh or frozen fruits um, without anything. And then that made me really happy for half of the day. And uh, and then for the for I always I usually had one bigger meal um, and let's say a late lunch or an early dinner. And sometimes I was happy with just a huge salad, but when I say salad, it's like a lot of things. Like um, uh, I also just like raw vegetables and then some some uh, steamed vegetables, and sometimes with tuna, sometimes with like um, um, 
salmon or or uh, avocado and cheese um but like a giant one like and then i liked my little um um you know these uh, cereal crackers and and so yeah that's what i mean lazy like i was not even really cooking it i was just putting it together and that was the thought okay i was boiling vegetable very often that's that's that when we had asparagus season so I was doing in the spring, last spring, and also this this quarantine time, which saved my life because I can eat asparagus like um, the whole day. So sometimes I had boiled one for lunch and like a, whatever, uh, just a cooked one in a salad or with strawberries for the dinner. Like my, I think my favorite one this quarantine was uh, cooked asparagus with um, balsamic vinegar, strawberries, and goat cheese. And I think that was my dinner for like a few weeks. <laughs> and then uh, I, I'm, I'm not very fussy with food, actually. I can, if I like something, I can eat it like all the time. But I was trying to focus on, on the various vegetables. Um, and sometimes I had pasta, but I had this vegetable pasta, like lentil pasta. Or, um, you know, we have this pasta from, from, from uh, chickpeas. Or that's like the easiest thing. You just make a... A sauce for it and uh and i started to grow basils and some some herbs in my balcony which is super funny that i was here to grow stuff like that and so sometimes i just made a tomato sauce um for my vegetable pasta like my um i like the most um, the zucchini pasta uh and then just a lot of basil on the top and then i was happy um sometimes i um I made Indian food for myself sometimes if I had time because I really like Indian Indian curry and that's still super uh, with coconut milk. It's super healthy. Just sometimes just by itself for a little rice. Uh, when I, I was also like, I was also lazy because my mom lives very close to me. And then sometimes she was just, you know, she just, she was just cooking a bigger meal. And then I took something for myself also for a few days. So I, I wouldn't, I, I would say really, I was really going for the easiest things. And sometimes uh, when I, when I thought I would like eggs, then, then that was my lunch instead of breakfast. So I, I was full with it the whole day with boiled eggs, with broccoli, steamed broccoli, for example, which sounds super boring. But when, when you believe that that's going to be your, you know, you, you, you can still crave it. You can still love it when, when. I, I don't know what happened, but because I really love eating, I still love eating. And now that we uh, we have all the restaurants open, and then sometimes I go there and uh, with friends. And um, there is a really nice veggie restaurant around my house, so sometimes I just go there for the lunch menu. Um, I do like to try food, and I never um, really I never really say no to stuff that I would like to try. But but somehow something shifted. Like I just my main purpose was to take the the best possible care of my body and I started to get in in connection with it a little differently so sometimes I I honestly feel that I that's what that's what I wanted that's all I wanted steamed broccoli and that I just felt it it was not like a, a conscious decision you know I just just my decision was to listen to it the way I didn't listen to it before I didn't even even know I was just going for the random cravings or comfort eating or you know, and and and, st and I started to listen to it, and and I was really happy with the discoveries that my body actually wants healthier things than I I think it wants. So uh, I just started to follow that. But um, but uh, the main I think the main main reason of the change was the the routine that I started to have 
um, and 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 that to to listen to it to 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 continue intermittent fasting because I felt it was good for my body to to continue eating a little simpler but much more greens because it felt good. Um, and then I just enjoyed how I felt about it. I enjoyed feeling stronger and fitter. And then, but the second wave was a little different because um, because for us the second lockdown was just like um, not a hundred percent lockdown. So restaurants were still open for like takeaway, and people could still gather, you know, on the street to eat something you buy in the place. So I had a little more restaurant food, and uh, and I gained a few kilos back. So. But I, but I'm still, I'm still, um, I'm still listening to what my body, um, um, you know, wants. I'm just, I think that's what happened. It's just a, a little more authentic uh, connection between us. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, thank you anyway for sharing some of the uh, simple, easy uh, recipes. The main recipe is awesome, is like listen to your body, but consciously not for cravings that we have for, to overcompensate other stuff, but like listen what your body needs. But I also have a suggestion right now for all our listeners, if they're going to try one of the recipes that you mentioned, like uh, a veggie pasta with tomato sauce or asparagus with uh, vinegar and cheese or uh, there was one more that you mentioned uh, was on my mind uh, but anyway if if anyone is gonna mention if gonna steamed try broccoli. right steamed broccoli so gonna try this food combination or recipe don't forget to tag mercedes and me <laughs> this is so embarrassing these are not even recipes yeah i was just i told you these are super simple things out of laziness like i was i would i wish i could okay i okay now once i made a carrot bread that's that's true. I made a carrot bread and that was really cool because I know everyone was cooking and breaking bread and carrot bread was good. And I also perfected, I really, but that I mean that my banana bread skills. I was baking banana bread really often. <laughs> that's not like a recipe thing, but that gave me a kind of comfort because I tried it in South Africa once and I really loved it. And then I was just trying to make uh, something similar and then I cooked it. I mean, I baked it a few times and that, that ended up really well. Uh, but other than that, when I was just cooking for myself, that was really simple. Um, my, um, like when I had friends over, I always made Indian because they also have this amazing vegetable uh, curries. I always made like the palak paneer, sometimes even made the cheese myself. I like to make the cauliflower curry. Um, that's, that's great. And, um, but yeah, but but honestly, like I I don't even wanna 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 act like it was super difficult because it wasn't just like a, it was mostly mostly asparagus, strawberry, and cheese. <laughs> but, but you know, the simplest foods uh, they are sometimes the best recipes. Like how they say the uh, beauty comes from simplicity. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed keeping it simple and uh, and just fresh, simple and fresh and. Um, and I was happy with with um, with raw vegetables. That's why I made a lot of salads because I just felt like um, I don't know. They felt like life. Like they felt like it felt like fuel for life. Just just raw, a lot of raw raw veggies and some steam. And but I think until we think about vegetables as um, as a way to to try to be healthier or the way to to lose weight or the way to restrict yourself from something better, then it's always going to have this stigma of not being good enough. But I think, I think like a proper 
a proper, properly made steamed broccoli can be just better than anything. I mean, it's it's weird that I say stuff like that, but anyway, yeah. So I am not the best best person for for recipes, but a simplicity I think is uh, is it was a key for me. Yeah. Well, I'm also very intrigued uh, with your uh, Indian uh, recipes, and I hope at some point you'll share Paneer Makani recipe, <laughs> maybe an idea for a post, because I adore, I so much miss uh, uh, this dish, because when we were in Canada, we had Indian restaurant right across, and it was literally the favorite dish that I always ordered there, and I, I so much miss since that time, <laughs> can't find it anywhere else, like the same taste, so I I may uh, at least ask you um, to send to me a recipe later. <laughs> okay, okay. Actually, I, there is an app. It, it's called Haber's Kitchen, and it's uh, it's full of um, amazing, like a home home style, homemade Indian recipes. It's a lady who is doing it, and she's just documenting her 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 process so amazingly that you just can't go wrong you you you're gonna be fine i cooked a lot of indian dishes from from her uh, uh app <laughs> so i can i can just type it for you later if That's you want awesome. <laughs> how is it called once again haber's kitchen haber's kitchen okay oh wow uh that was interesting dive into like uh... far from oriental dance but... yeah <laughs> That's life. That's the quarantine dancer's life. <laughs> well, taking care of your body is a part of dancer's life. So yeah. that was not that far, actually. <laughs> um, talking also about dance life, um, I know that you had this year experience of hosting your festival online. So what was um, the biggest, either whatever you want to share, either the biggest discovery of transferring this event online or the biggest striking difference that you felt? Wow, it was, uh, um, it was actually, it was an amazing experience. I, I was so surprised how it turned out to be. When when I decided to, to do it, it was kind of a last minute decision because um, for a long time, I was hoping that things gonna be fine in the spring this year. So I was I was hoping we can make it live. And then I thought, if we cannot, if we couldn't, then then I will just uh, postpone it for next year. I I I I don't think if I don't think I can find another date in the autumn or the winter because we just this whole year is so unpredictable at once again. So I was like waiting whether I can do it in May or not. If not, then I just skip the whole year. But as we were getting closer to to the spring and I started to realize that it won't be possible again, um, I just couldn't process the, the fact that I'm going to skip one more year completely. I, I just felt like we need to connect somehow. I would just love to reach out to the people who used to come to participate and who were supposed to come as a teacher, um, that we are still here, we are still um, together and, and, and just let's just connect. So that was my prime, primary um, reason and goal to do it online, to, to, to kind of bring back a little bit of the, the atmosphere of it um, that we used to have when we are together, to kind of reach out to the people, to see how everyone's doing, um, try to do some online classes because everyone was doing online classes the whole year. So it was not impossible. Like like last year, I, I wouldn't have been able to hope because I wasn't experienced about 
online um, activities that much. And I think by this year, most of the instructors and, and artists and also students got used to it. So um, I was I was thinking that, okay, um, it's like it can work out technically, probably, because everyone is, is doing online classes. Um, so why don't we just why don't we just try? Let's just try in small. And uh, and I was what I was what I was hoping for is that some of our our regular students who really missed the the festival can can join and still feel that we are somehow still together and still connected. That that the community that we have built throughout all those twelve years is is still there, and we are not forgetting about each other. And and maybe we just say hello through the screen this year, but then maybe next maybe that's gonna help someone to feel a little less alone or a little less lost and 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 it will also give the the message to the community that we are we are still here and we are going to go on and again it was about hope for me so i i was like let's just try and um, and i talked to the artists and i think that was the main uh, motivation that they were so kind those ones who i was uh, who I invited for the for the 2020 version, which was cancelled. I just it was very clear and automatic that I want to work with the, with the same same teachers team again in the online version. So I asked them, and uh, what do they think? What's what? I know everyone's a bit exhausted about the online um, space, but everyone reacted so um, enthusiastically and kindly and supportively, and I just felt like I just felt so. Um, I don't know. I just loved, you know. I think that's weird to say that because it was—it's not supposed to be about me. It's I supposed to say something about, you know, the um, the love of art and 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 all that stuff. And I know it's that also, but I also feel that it was it was a kind of trust coming from all of them that it's gonna be fine. It was a kind of you know, the kindness that, that, yes, they are there and ready to share, ready to give something to the students also. And, and, and I really felt loved myself too. I felt like, oh my God, these are like amazing uh, artists. They are all my friends. They are all of them my friends too, but, but also amazing artists. And this is their job. And they, they didn't know anything about the circumstances. I didn't know either how many people will come, how it's going to end up to be. Maybe, you know, maybe we will have five people. Maybe we will get 20. Like, I, I have no idea. Let's just let's just see. Do you, do you, would you like to try? And everyone was just so supportive that I was like, I, I already felt like it's already worth it, like um, from the feedbacks from my artists. And then when we started it, um, the, I mean, when I started the advertisement of it and I set up the system, the reaction from the students, from our regular students, regular festival visitors, it was really um, touching. They were very um, excited about it. So I think from there, nothing could have gone wrong. I mean, you have enthusiastic uh, uh, participants and, and, and generous and giving artists. It, uh, every step along the way was just... Um, um, beautiful I was it was I wouldn't say it was easy because it was a bit uncomfortable at, at some point when because it's all online and you know that you work so hard and and then at the end you don't have that kind of reward when you see the people together and you hug the students you know like when you see your friend and you you, you hug them and um, you will not have that but so I was a bit worried how it's gonna be like so we prepare we get ready and then at the end we're gonna be in the online space 
And so what? So what I did, I just created a little studio um, spot, let's say like a kind of like a center of the festival. It, we made it in the in the studio where I teach. Uh, I, I have put up the you know the big banner, the festival banner on the wall, like we used to say, like we used to use in the the stage. Uh, I added the lights we used to have, some you know camera. Um, try to set up a, a, a professional system for streaming. And also had some of my students and assistants with me physically there in the room. So we kind of created like a little, you know, like the little center of the of the whole festival place in that room. So when I when we signed in, I was there in every class this time. It was also four days long and we had all like every we had uh, 12 teachers teaching one class. I was there in every class. Um from the beginning to the end, which never can happen in an, in, the, in the actual physical festival because I'm running up and down. And even sometimes I couldn't dance. I was just sitting and watching, but I was there. And, uh, and, and sometimes I just find myself watching the, the screen with the little zoom pictures of the, of the students and, and enjoying that. I was enjoying that so much because, um, one of the students actually said after, because we also had these meetings, like chats, like uh, to connect, you know, just to, to chat before the workshop or after. One of the students said after that she she felt the screen was disappearing. She, she felt after like the second day that, you know, she was there on most of the classes, dancing, talking to the teachers, like we had activities out of the classes too. So she said she felt like the screen just disappeared. And, and you know, the amazing, that that's when I felt like this community is going to kind of um, survive this and anything and everything because everyone was just so, you know, happy to see each other. We enjoyed those moments. It was so much more than dancing. Uh, it was dance. It was amazing. The teachers just really, they, they were outstanding. I really believe that. Uh, I was really, really blessed and lucky with the team. Um, but also the, the students, the, the enthusiasm and, and, and love they brought into this space it just made it like a, like an amazing, it, it made it an amazing and transformative experience because I saw, I, I, it was really inspiring. I felt like we can do that. So, so maybe we like, we can do a lot of things that we can't even imagine at the moment just to, just to keep dancing, just to keep being together. You know, um, it's like COVID couldn't beat this. Like, so it, it was just amazingly, um, um, like, like, um, refreshing and, um, and 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 gave me a lot of lot of hope, and so I really I'm really I'm really happy that I I decided to do it, and uh, and everyone who was involved were super nice, and the last day was just like almost like a normal festival last day. We were crying and we were exhausted, and we, <laughs> it was just uh, it was just beautiful, and it wasn't perfect, I'm sure it was full of little glitches, but I never felt it. Um, being an obstacle and um we we did our best from each side and and we had a good time so i was i was really happy with it and and you know it was really interesting you mentioned um like two questions ago <laughs> about the depression and and giving up like what so many dancers felt and you know i think the isolation is um sometimes isolation brings more desire to even more isolation it's a very tricky thing and and seeing uh, people connecting through the online space during my festival or, or before any other occasions, 
I heard it. From, I've heard from many people, artists and students as well, that these connections saved them, kind of their mental health in a way, like like the the way of. Um, we can't live without those human interactions, even if it comes through the screen. It's just it's just impossible. It's um, uh, I think depression and and those dark waves are inevitable um, in a situation like this. But whether you will give up completely on something or not, I just kind of mm, I believe it's much more about the people who are involved in the same thing with you than the craft itself. But maybe I'm wrong. I just I just feel like um, at the end we are our connections, and I love dancing, and I would always. I don't think I would ever stop it. I, I would love it. And and I rediscovered it in front of the mirror in my little studio, dancing for fun in my pajamas. You know, what I didn't do for 10 years because I was so busy with the, you know, with the exposure, with the putting the dance out there, sharing it. I sometimes lost the connection with it. So the, the, the way I rediscovered it, it made me sure, as I said, that it's in me. It's always, it's always going to be with me. It's part of me. But whether to stay on the dance career, dance path or not, it depends on the people around to me. And um, and I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say that I never thought of leaving this path. In the past year and a half, I think all of us or most of us, you know, in between the, when we have to project it through the social media that everything is fine, you have to spread the hope, you have to spread enthusiasm, you have to show that, you know, you have to help people to stay motivated and stuff. But sometimes this, this is, um, sometimes this, this becomes toxic and that's not really real when this, you know, it's, it's very similar to the toxic positivity like everything is gonna be fine everything is, is like everything is still fine I'm I'm not traveling but I'm still recording tons of videos and I'm I'm still going on like nothing happened it's all fine like I think this is tr it, it was a tricky line how, how how can you still how can you be honest because I think people need if, if everyone was suffering from a different range of depression in a way um, or or any other difficulties challenges how can you stay true uh and and honest and encourage them with with a with admitting that you are going through the same and it's okay and they are not alone but in the same time giving them enough motivation for um as a kind of you know instructor or or, or kind of um um like a teacher or or, or or someone they might look up to or something that you that you that you still that you're still going on you still project that everything is fine and um and that they're going to be all right life is going to be back and and i really didn't find this 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 line i think i was i was struggling with um with my role in this in this situation uh and i'm, I'm sure many other teachers had the same um because the constant positive uh and 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 willingly enthusiastic and and motivating uh, attitude um, leaves people with the with the possibility of disappointing themselves if they can't 
You know, like if they can't stay positive all the time, if they can't look at the bright side, if they can't, um, that's that makes them that just make them feel like they do something wrong because they don't feel that. So I always felt like it's better to be honest and say, yeah, we are hoping for that. We hope it's going to be fine, but we don't know. And we are all suffering and it's all it, it, and it is dark and. And no, I don't feel every day that I want it. And some of the days I, I, I was crying before my class because I felt like I feel so bad. How am I going to go there? And even if it's my own home and computer, how am I going to stand there and tell them that let's move. That's going to make everything fine when I want to cry because I feel so bad. And I just, I had those moments and, and it was not all um, rosy and, um, and at some point, I just, I just wanted to be honest, um, without spreading. You know, I didn't, I wouldn't want to spread like negativity, and that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is admitting your lows and, and, kind of, with being honest about it, helping people to realize that it's normal, it's okay, everyone has it. And we have it together. All of us have it. So that might that might give the hope of of being able to get through it together. So I think, um, yeah, that was a thin line. But uh, I also feel like um, I completely understand those who decided to 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 give up because they had to look for another work to 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 be able to create an income, for example, because we lost main. Main, our main incomes also um and i also and i also i can also relate to those who gave it up meanwhile because maybe they have realized that what kept them in was not their authentic wish to do that but the routine of it and i think that can happen with any other job but when it comes to something that you dedicate so much from your life into that's a very sensitive um that's a very sensitive decision. So I um, I think it's really hard as an artist to keep your distance and perspective uh, about what you do while you are going through an identity crisis because the situation you are in is taking away everything or most of the things you loved to do and you identified yourself with. Because I think for belly dancers, especially because most of us are entrepreneurs and we are making our own ways, uh, our own path, we are our job so often, really often. I'm sure you and our dear listeners can relate to, sometimes we just completely identify ourselves with what we do, but it's and then a crisis like this is gonna be a true identity crisis, not just a, not just an existential one. And then standing up from that takes a lot of work and um, and, 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 and courage and self-reflection. And maybe maybe the crisis leads someone to not wanting to, to step into the, to the same uh, or onto the same path, which is completely understandable also. Mm, but I think that was something that it told me. And you know what? I I mean, okay, this is getting to be like a therapy session, Yana. I'm sorry. It's just a, 
<laughs> we are all in the same storm. <laughs> yes, yes. We can't, I can't uh, really filter myself because I always feel like maybe someone who listens to it feels the same and then we are already, you know, we can already reach out. So what I felt um, throughout this uh, period that, uh, yeah, I identified myself way too much with dancing, but I'm not only my dance. And what else I am? And I had those questions like there were, there were times when I didn't really, I didn't really find what, what else or who else I am when I'm not the dancer and the teacher and the organizer and the, everything else that I, I identified myself with. Dance is part of my identity. It can't be other way when you are an artist or when you're doing something that you love so much. And uh, I mean, that's nothing wrong with that, but it's not entirely my identity. I don't want it to be. And it was kind of defining me very much, not just dancing, of course, but the lifestyle built around the way our, our dance requires, you know. Um, and I, who am I if not, like, you know, it's just, and it was weird because um, I was, uh, I was writing um, before, I I was a I was a journalist. We talked about it last time. So so writing was always part of of kind of part of my my life. Uh, even I after I stopped that um, profession completely, or or I let's say I I uh, paused it because I always feel like I'm gonna get back to writing once somehow, at least just partly, but partially. But I started a writing course early last year. Um, a creative writing course, just just bringing back to some of those skills and and just I was just curious what what has happened with me throughout these years as a writer. Can I, um, you know, how can I, I? I don't know. I was just curious about as an experiment. And then I I I continued the course online last autumn or end of summer, and uh, and writing uh, did help me a lot with. Uh, re-identifying myself a little bit uh, because just by you know just by writing down your fears your traumas your um your insecurities just by just by giving words to them you already started to process them in a way so writing down those things um i think did help me a lot to to accept I don't say that that helped me to find a new identity because that then it would be, you know, then everything I said would have no meaning because I was not looking for a new identity. I was looking for uh, myself uh, under those identities I, I thought I, I like only existed. Uh, and then writing, which was a part of my past, kind of, I brought it back and it helped me start to process some of the thoughts, um, some of those fears some of the disappointments, the, the dramas I went through. Um, and that that was just something that, that showed me that um, there are so many layers and so many ways. And you can create, once you are in a creative, a creative person, an artist, a dancer, a musician, or anything, someone who creates, the creation, the, the, the willingness and the desire to create is, is going to stay. And um, and that could be part of your identity. You don't have to define it exactly what is that going to be, but that kind of comf 
comforted me that I can stay in a way I'm still creating, even if that was just about my own processing of my own darker thoughts about losing my identity. It kind of helped me to 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 reconnect with um, the non-dancer, non you know organizer, non anything else kind of just me, like me. And that was a uh, that was really hard. I mean. Um, it sounds really a cliche and it sounds easy, but where you're into the process, it's just, you know, because then you, you finally, you, I mean, that's what I had, like suddenly start to find other things you can identify yourself with, like other activities, other, and that's, that's still not it. That's still just a layer. And so if we're not holding on to any of those, and I think that's, um, that's a scary thing, and I think I mean I'm not gonna solve it. It's it's too abstract for that. I'm just just saying because I'm sure some other people, artists, also felt the same, like hovering in the space with a loss of self, um, loss of self, kind of. I think, but but it's a very interesting. Uh, very transformative experience and um i um again i say i'm 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 not i'm not grateful for covid because it it it, it damaged and it it made people lose loved ones and lives um but i am i am grateful for being in that privileged position that i can be protected and and think about these um these things at all like and and i can i can i am able to to use it and learn and and i can um i am i'm able to look for those questions that i never really wanted to face and and i'm grateful for the journey um and for the people who were by my side on that journey, because I was completely lost in early this year. And there were friends who held my hand, like calling me every day. And and there were other friends who I was calling every day. And, you know, I think that was this invisible thread, uh, the spider web that connected people. Uh, and yeah, realizing that, seeing that, seeing that in your own, own community, um, that that was a gift. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not the same person as I was a year and a half ago. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, but I'm privileged that I could done, have done this work. Um, I'm just, I don't say that I found, you know, the elixir of life or whatever. I wouldn't say that. Um, but I, um, I learned a lot and uh which you can't unlearn and if i uh, if i get back on stage i'm excited how this is going to you know um embody or 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 how how this is going to be shared or what what is gonna add to my dance or if i'm gonna get back on stage because you know we don't know <laughs> We don't know anything, but but yeah. So anyone anyone who is listening and who is struggling, uh, yes, I know. And I think 
I think you have heard or we have heard through social media and I think the community was amazing in this sense because the majority was really honest and trying to 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 be there for each other struggling um but anyone who's listening just you are doing your best and uh, be patient and uh, and and be present and don't be afraid of the of the dark um maybe try to look into it, what's what's there um and uh and just know that it's okay and it's uh it's not uh, it's not just another you know it's not it's not it's let's not um um how to say uh the belittling it like it's not like it's a big thing it's a big thing even if you think that you were among the lucky ones it's still a big thing we went through so um, yeah be be proud of yourself and know that you're not alone as an artist just i think we we can do so much in this world because it was really strange as um I don't know if it was like that in other places, but I think yeah, the non-essential business category when they when 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 in the second lockdown they said at least here it was announced like the essential businesses can reopen, like you know, like basically everything else than entertainment, arts, and <laughs> and and the cultural sector. And then, but then I think people probably realized that it's kind of the opposite. What kind of life that was? I mean. We are essential, and everyone is essential. It's um, of course, uh, of course, the essential businesses. They are, obviously they are essential. But I mean, I mean, what we do and what we we can add, that is also um, really valuable. And I think we also have the gift of of uh, of processing and transforming it somehow into inspiration and growth. And I think that's something that uh, artists uh, are very lucky about that we can we can use these experiences to grow um, in a way. So it's interesting. So I don't know, just uh, <laughs> reflection. Yeah, I think uh, there are definitely essential businesses for like survival for purpose, but. For full life, for experiencing full life, at the end of the day, everyone is essential business <laughs> or activity uh, in general. So yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's because I know it's it's hard to define because obviously there are things that are that there are, there are yeah professions and and uh, and and things that are obviously important for survival. But I think um, mm, yeah, I think something like like for a complete life or for, for, for the mental health, for, uh, I mean, um, we should not lose the, the meaningfulness, the sense of meaningfulness of, of what we do. I think that's important because it is meaningful and, um, it helps us, it helps others. So, and, uh, and, and, and we should, yeah, I don't know, um, what the future holds, but, um, I would really love to believe that there is always a place for, for art. 
Mm, I would love. I would love. I would not love a word without art. So I think we can agree about that. That there's gonna be a place for us. I don't think anyone liked uh, that version of uh, life without art. So, and the recent experience uh, showed that uh, we still aim at some at some capacity at least to reach art life or online or but somehow to have that present in in life too well and i'm pretty sure with such artists around <laughs> people will get more and more inspired to have more art in in their lives well let's hope at least uh, and uh, the hope is very powerful feeling as we already discussed today so <laughs> let's rely on it and keep going and, and keep creating art um well uh before we kind of like slowly come into to summarizing our today's like uh conversation and wrapping it up i would like once again to thank you so much for finding time for being with us and for sharing like once again for real, real conversation, real open uh, conversation, sharing real experience. I remember it was uh, one of the striking moments for me during our previous interview. How like you, you just, you just share without, you know, like uh, trying to make it. Uh, social mediable <laughs> let's say uh, it's the connect like the moment of like actual connection and real talk so thank you once again for creating this experience and reminding us that yes at the end of the day we are all in the same storm and um the storm itself is sadness but our togetherness in it is uh, kind of power that we have and we can rely on at least <laughs> so thank you very much for that <laughs> thank you so much Jana and I'm really I really love love chatting with you and I know that um I'm sure we could do that for hours and hours and hours more and I'm, I'm sorry sometimes I talk too much but you know you ask some questions that like you know just keep going deeper and deeper and like just I just want to yeah I I, uh, I really feel like it's um it's such a safe space you have created throughout this podcast for everyone, and uh, and I think it's everyone is really happy and and comfortable talking to you. And and I think uh, as a, as a listener, I always feel that on your interviews that everyone feels so comfortable and wants to share a lot. And I think it's so human and beautiful, especially in these times. It's so needed. And uh, thank you so much for doing that work. It's it's really amazing, and I'm very lucky that I could have visited you for the second time and actually tomorrow is my birthday so I, I take it like a little bit of a so this is a pre-birthday chat and 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 it was really nice to to go through all these memories and experiences again with with talking to you about it and I, I kind of reflected also again on on stuff that happened and I feel I feel that all of us have been through so much and it's just time to it's just time to appreciate ourselves a little bit and and yeah this um i'm i'm sorry about the not very professional recipes i shared i'm gonna prepare some better <laughs> for next time that's sure i'm gonna have to work on 
No, right. actually, I'm talking like I'm talking from the point of view of like listener of this information. I got very inspired. Like uh, I don't know why you feel like oh, it's not like you know I any fancy, but I got like very inspired. Like you I'm know to try etc. Pictures. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you. I'm gonna start to take pictures. <laughs> but you know there was another interesting thing just as a closing thought about numbers. I was because tomorrow my my birthday coming up, and you know it's always one more candle on the cake so it's the numbers the growing numbers and then I was like um especially in our our field like dancers I think it's um it's hard to not notice that sometimes it's so um we want to believe that oriental dance is not depending on on you know any any circumstances like age or or or, or you know any other um abilities or it's just um I would love to see a, a dance field that is that is that is fighting against the stigmas of, of 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 a lot of things that we are we have in the public discussion already. But age ageism is one of them. I think that we don't really uh, talk enough about. And sometimes I feel like um, this is one thing we all have in common that with the age we start to struggle. We don't really share it because because we want to believe that this dance is kind of ageless and timeless, and it is. But then then why don't we have a problem with you know, with the age and getting older and and getting into a new phase and being maybe different. Uh, why don't we appreciate as much? You know, I mean, I mean, I do believe the majority does, but still, I would love our community to be a little more accepting and more open and more, and also, and everyone be a bit more visible uh, in different ages. And um, and so, but that leads uh, very far. It's just uh, it's just one thing that I heard recently from someone that um, we should stop being defined by numbers, but we should start being defined by growth. And I was thinking about it with, um, about these last two years we had, the 2020 and 2021, and we kind of, we always say that we lost almost two years, a year and a half, we already lost uh, these two years and, and, and it's still counting. And then, and I always think about, um, I don't know, I kind of connect these two things that we just, um, trying to believe in the growth that happened in this, this, this period, not thinking about that as lost numbers of numbers of last years, but, but the amount of growth that happened. And, uh, and I'm really excited to see the growth and experience the growth live again that happened in the community because I know it did and I'm very very optimistic about that so that's just my little goodbye message <laughs> oh that's uh, such a good another reminder and uh, yeah that would be our new normal will be very interesting and very different and not only external in terms of like events and activities that will be happening but also like insights and approaches that will come from inside of people who participate in those events and uh, yeah like the growth that happened uh, hopefully we will not forget these lessons very soon because unfortunately sometimes life uh, when it goes on we tend to forget life lessons but hopefully this one is strong enough for us to keep all those reminders with us later on in the future 
And, uh, well, I'm uh, very excited also for your upcoming birthday. I know this episode will be published a little bit afterwards, but um, I am also encouraging our listeners, don't be shy and send even late <laughs> birthday <laughs> congratulations to our awesome guest. Uh, but uh, in any case, I also would like to ask you um, what's coming up? What also excites you in terms of maybe some plans, dreams, activities that you would like to share, maybe some upcoming online or live events for this like summer, early autumn, or anything in general, like in terms of dance plans, dreams, goals? <laughs> the nearest one is my summer camp. At the end of August, I'm going to have like a live summer camp here in, in Hungary at Lake Balaton. It's the, the Soul Garden is a nice intimate group of, of students by the lake. We will uh, we still have some spots actually available. It's in August, 26, 29 August. It's gonna be a nice small, um, it's the same that we had last year. I mean, the same location, same setup, same uh, uh, um, vision, which I'm always really excited about because it's such a beautiful place and there is enough space and opportunity to connect with people and live and, and create some you know personal, um, um, you know, memories together. So I'm really excited about that. And um, and from the autumn, I am going to probably start again my online classes. And honestly, um, because I don't have uh, uh, yet um, many travelings for this year, and I, I don't really think they're going to be more than than what I have now. And that's that's that leaves me some time to to organize um, different kind of activities. Here. To here to Budapest, and I have a little dream about uh, about an autumn cultural little culture long weekend in Budapest with uh, with uh, because that's like kind of partly I'm doing it through my festival, but this time it would be a little more specific about a little intensive course um, where I would teach, but also connected with a little cultural tour of this um, of my my city and the heritage of it and. Uh, um, that uh, rusty Central Eastern European romantic vibe that we have here. I would love to have like a little more about the artistic um, side, like introduce a bit more about the artistic side of the city and uh, and connect it with the little theater project, which which is a, which is a dream of mine for a long time. So probably I'm gonna realize that for the autumn, but but I'm still working on it because. Uh, because it's it's still um, it still depends on on the circumstances whether foreign uh, students can can come or not. But I will I will plan like they they can and if they can I will be happy. If they cannot then let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, in any that. case, we'll be prepared for future. Even if it's postponed, you already will probably prepare some basis but hopefully it will happen really really I'm hoping for that about the, the theater part of it because i was doing a lot of theater projects here in, in budapest before before getting on the road and and it's a really nicely artistically really um, um vibrant city and and i i could i could really envision this um little artistic um project with theater and uh, and 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 uh, and the real Budapest vibe involved um, 
which would be something I haven't tried before, but I, I like. I would like to try something new for this this autumn. So, uh, other than that, I'm not sure what the future will will bring. I mean, if we have trips, if we have uh, just gonna have online classes, this part I really don't know. But I think we have learned to be resilient and flexible. So we're gonna figure it out. I'm gonna tell you the rest in September or October, probably. <laughs> Well, in any case, I will also include links to your social media, to the show notes of our episode. So highly encourage everyone who's listening right now, if you are not following Mercedes yet, go and connect there because I'm pretty sure uh, you will be announcing all details of already announced events, but more details and for whatever is coming up, you will also be announcing on social media as well as uh, sharing your dance in your orange corner, possibly more or in the big studio, uh, which is always very exciting and inspiring to see. So highly recommend uh, to share, to follow not only for information about events, but also for some dance inspiration from such an amazing artist. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yana. And I would love to sum up our interview. We have traditional question. I don't know if you remember it from last time or not, but it's enough time passed uh, uh, to kind of have a fresh look. So I'm very curious what will be your answer. It's the question that I ask every single artist at the end of our conversation, regardless of what we talked uh, about before. Uh, So the question is... What makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? The first thing that comes to my mind is music because I, I music is inspiring me always um, so much and um, that's why I'm also creating it. But, But at the moment, I think everything is a little different because of COVID. So, um, that was a challenging (laughs) time to get to fall in love with anything when you feel so drained sometimes. But as I mentioned already, I think that's what I would say. The first thing comes to my mind is hope. It's hope. So, I I think um, this time was... It just gave me so much hope. It just reminded me of of my home, like the home in my body, the home within my community, the home between the people who who I touched and who touched me, um, and and the hope that we can still um, be there and create and uh, and always rely on that little. Um, precious something we have in common to me dance was hope uh, in this 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 period of time absolutely so i would say that that's it for today guys but before you go away don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends and if you post it on social media please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast thanks for being with us and i'll see you next week Same time, same place.